How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. We've got a great episode for y'all today, previewing a huge weekend, especially in my sports soccer. Men's soccer, not a whole lot going on this weekend, a couple matchups, but women's soccer is obviously taking the cake with what's going on. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but right here in Lake Wales, Florida, with the two gentlemen sitting in front of me today, who I'll introduce here in just a minute. But if I could be anywhere else, it would be in Orange Beach, Alabama, where we have some serious matchups. Uh, we have Southeastern and Kaiser going up against two powerhouses, William Carey and Tennessee Southern. We'll get more into that a little bit later into the episode. And also at the end of the episode, we have Manny on kind of a full-on conference uh, preview and a little bit of recap of what's been going on the last week of Sun Conference Volleyball, where obviously we've had some big top 25 wins across the conference, and I have one of my one of my hotter takes, at least so far, in the fall on Sun Conference Volleyball, so stick around and listen to that, and of course, we're going to have a football preview, but before we have all of that, we're going to do something a little different, instead of having our interview uh, at the end of the episode, I have Josh with me today with our great friend, linebacker for Weber International University. A long time, uh, a long time coming interview, Mr. Parker Sneed. Parker, how you doing? What's going on, everybody? Happy to be on here. It's been uh, really cool watching you build uh, this whole Suncast brand from the ground up since since we've been going to Weber together and what. <laughs> One, two years. Yeah, uh, Mar- March twenty twenty two. So yeah, about about kind of coming up on two years next next year. But uh, yeah, man, it, it, it's been it's been pre- pretty cool. I mean, you, you were one of the guys. I, you know, obviously some people they've watched it from the outside, uh, looking in, seeing it. But you were kind of one of those inside guys. You've been my one of my boys here uh, forever. And yeah, I remember you, you you were a writer from day one. You were a believer in Suncast, just like JB and Josh. You're you 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 uh and just so you know, Parker, you were a guy that he told me before the year even started that we had to have you on. And I said, well, I, I think we can agree uh, to, to have you on the the, uh, the podcast. It's had to have you uh, have a good start, and you certainly have have done that, hasn't he, Josh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been uh, I've been able to attend two of the three games um, Weber's played so far, and I always keep my eye on you know my favorite players on the team. Yeah. You know, Reagan, Parker, Type, Blake. Um, so, you know, my eyes are always on number one on defense, so I'm watching them fly around. I and mean, I think it's three, all three games we've seen double-digit tackles. I mean, to keep a tally just in the first quarter alone this past week, I think he had like four or five, something yeah. like that, maybe, you know, a tackle for loss in there too. But, I mean, just flies around the field, you know, has a high motor. It's just it's fun to watch. Um, I noticed it from the first time I, I watched, so yeah, that's why I made it a a yeah. point to have you on so yeah he's done a great job stepping not only um in, into a starter role but a leadership role and we'll talk uh, more about that but you know moving him to middle linebacker this year uh yeah, i'm i mean just straight a little bit undersized for your average middle linebacker but you wouldn't see it from the way he plays and you can ask some of the running backs that we've uh, played so far they definitely uh they definitely felt mr sneed uh, that's that's definitely a point of emphasis on the defense. When when we play a team, we want to make sure they feel it's coming. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a great mindset. Great mindset. So uh, Parker, tell me, man, what's this is your fourth year at Weber now, I believe, correct? Yes, sir. So your fourth year at Weber. This is uh you've been through a coaching change, so that's always a challenge, especially like when it's right in the middle of your college career, because you know you start getting comfortable with someone, group of people, a culture. 
then it's just a big flip, a big change. Tell me a little bit about what that's like. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, one of the main main things that's uh, helped me go through my time here at Weber is being able to help be a part of that change and not to get too much into the coaching staff that was here when I came in, but this year as opposed to even the past two years, let alone my first year, the, the attitude of the whole team has changed. And Coach Patashny, Coach Speakman, they've been here since my first year, way before then. They were the <laughs> ones that brought me in. They're kind of leading this whole whole change in attitude and uh, change in the program. And we're definitely going in the right direction because it's just everybody wants to buy in a lot more now and everybody's doing things for the guy next to him more so than thinking about themselves. And that's a that's a really hard thing to do when you're talking about 150 to 200 grown men who don't all have the same outlook on things. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a I'm glad you said that 150 to 200 guys that's a lot of people to kind of tame in and gather and get on the same page. Let alone, I mean, I'm a, I play baseball, so getting 35 guys on the same page is tough as it is, but multiplying that by three or four is is tough. And something you mentioned was you wanted to be a part of that change, and that's something that, um, you know, talking with Reagan and stuff like that, I've, you know, got to know that, you know, you're one of the leaders on the team. Um, there's a You guys have, like, a little group. Uh, Reagan told me about it or something you guys like there's a name for it i don't know what it is but there's like a group of four Leadership or five of you council. that's yeah. it that's it and um i think all of you guys are captains for the for the home games if i'm not mistaken at least i saw most of you out there this past week mm-hmm. so tell me like you know what are some of the things that you try and implement every day of practice and film weights you know just everyday life like to to your team as a leader well that's one of the that's one of the newer things that uh coach has implemented this year is the leadership council and that I think is more to kind of push people to step up into that leadership role that might not in the first place but really the overall thing we're trying to push is to just this is a this is a short period of your life talking for maybe five years if you get an extra year you want to give it everything you got and why not leave everything out there? So that that involves everything from classroom to weight room to practice. So that's that's really just something we're kind of beating into everybody's brains just uh, over and over again. I, I, like you said, Parker, the leadership council uh, at Weber is something new, and we're kind of we kind of keep what, what what's uh, kind of uh, a little bit more vague answers at least Absolutely. on the open air about everything. But what I think it's done, and for for, for Coach Patachny and Coach Speakman, like like you said, really helping build that. Culture. I, I think it's given, um, and like you said, it's given guys an opportunity to kind of step up in leadership or roles. But it's not only that. Um, you, you know, we, we, when you look at a football team, and Josh, you, you mentioned it's hard enough to get 35 guys on a baseball team to buy in, and you have 150 guys. Um, it's you know, obviously a lot more difficult. But when you have, um, you know, like our leadership council, I believe we have, what, 13 guys uh, on that now. It started with, I believe, uh, seven. You, you and I were part of that kind of original seven or eight. And it's grown. Um, and I, that's been, been a great thing because that's a sign of progression on the team. But what I think it's done is we've uh, it's allowed players – 
not so much to be an extension of the the coaching staff, but to kind of carry out the mission of what they want to see. Because when you're an 18-year-old freshman joining a team in any sport, but I think especially football, just with how much emotion and everything, because obviously every sports guy got emotion, but football, um, I mean, we've all – you, 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 a, lot you, yeah. a lot, lot, lot goes into it, and there's a lot of personalities in it and everything, and just the sheer numbers. But when you have um, the, like, this leadership council, I think it's done a really good job of is having more people on the field that have that specific goal in mind. And, um, and like we said, we keep that kind of – but behind the closed doors and everything as far as what we look for to build the culture and everything. But we're able to execute – what the overall vision for Coach Pooch is, Coach Speakman, and the rest of the coaching staff. And when you have the 18-year-old freshmen who maybe their direction isn't so clear right now. Um, and, and not to say, we have some freshmen, mm-hmm. you'll, and Parker, I know you're going to talk about it, and I'm going to talk about my guy, Van Fleet, uh, here, here in a little bit, um, that, that do come in, and they're mentally locked in and everything, but – um, you know, younger guys are just so impressionable, and they'll see what a 22, 23-year-old um, old heads like me and Parker are doing. When you have guys in those positions um, and they're not going 100% at practice or they don't care, they're showing up late, well, then you're going to have your 18, 19-year-old kids. They're not go- They're going to be like, okay, this is what is acceptable in a program, and right. when you when you have um, guys that are talking w- w- or hearing directly from the coaches, like, all right, y'all are influential on this team in some type of way in a leadership capacity, and when we go out and execute what we need to do, they now see that and they buy into it, and then you get more and more of that bolt in, and it builds the, that culture. And what I think they're trying to build now in year three um, uh, under uh, Coach Pooch. And I mean, you, Parker, you know, you, you know the Weber culture uh, a little better than I do, even as far as before Coach Pooch to now. And I just know it from when I got got here, um, it, when he was an interim coach, to what we are now. I mean, it's a totally different culture. It's more bought yeah, in and every and everything. I think that's just been been a great, great part of or a big part of doing that. I mean, the the records speak for themselves. I mean, yeah. you went from a two win program to six in one year. Um, you made even games that were were lost in year two, or at least a few of them were competitive and could have went a completely other way. Yep. And now we're talking seven, eight, even maybe nine wins in a season, which I don't think has been done at Weber in, in quite a quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, um, I, was, I mean, it, we're, we're wanting to have that 2014 kind of year where uh, that team won conference, and that's certainly the goal this year. Yeah, I mean, we're talking almost almost a decade before you see that kind of success, yep. and I think. That for that first year jump is is crucial because you know a lot of times in other levels of college like you don't really see a jump like that it's normally like more minimal like a couple games or even just you know clearing house or whatever the case is but sure. you know you got a lot of young players and you, like you like you guys were saying everyone's starting to buy in and that's and that's special and I'm glad we got to talk about this on here because I don't you know we have a very vague like a very uh, wide uh, a variety of listeners and like. I feel like people can like really appreciate like what actually goes into college athletics when they hear that, especially from two guys who are currently playing and what they have to go through. 
you know, every day throughout the whole year. So yep. I'm glad you guys got to mention that. Definitely. And it's a, it's a long process, but it's, it's moving in the right direction. Yeah. And, and, and I think something that Parker's done um, a great job of and something that um, him and I and other older people uh, on the team have talk, talked about, you know, it's not just about this year and something that uh, Coach Pooch really implemented right in our first team meeting is it's not about the team. It's about the program and building uh, that program will. I see the fruits of uh, building this culture this year. Maybe, maybe not. But what I'd be just as happy with is in two, three, four, five years, I can look back and you at, and Weber's in a position like St. Thomas or Kaiser's in going and competing at the national level, being in top 10 teams across the country. Um, that, that, that for me is that kind of ultimate win. Because you get to look back and realize that you were a part of started this. yeah and um you know i wouldn't be singing this song if i didn't truly believe that that's the direction that weber football is going in yeah i mean speaking to both of you guys you guys are very both very humble and, and very real yeah. and and very you know honest so you know i you know i'm can't wait to look back at my alma mater whenever that when i do graduate and get to look back and you know see especially football and baseball the two sports that like i have yeah. like most uh, most passion for see like the direction that they're headed and I think both programs are you know up up and ahead you know for a very long time the the guys at the helm are doing a great job so yeah. Parker um a couple more questions for you um well another thing I wanted to ask was a lot of young guys on this Weber team this year you see a lot of freshmen and sophomores out there getting playing time um what's like you know give me maybe a few guys that you've maybe taken under your wing or a couple like maybe just some general points on what you're telling these young guys that you know try and prepare them for the next few years at Weber? Well, I think that's another thing. This group of freshmen is is uh, it's a great group. Exactly. Great I took group. the words right out of my mouth. It's a yeah. great group of kids who uh, are really wanting to come in and work, and they all, for the most part, have the right mindset that we're looking for in the program, or that Coach Patachny is looking for in the program, and uh, I think. Two really good examples of that is uh, Sean Major. He's a freshman, came in. He's in the linebacker group. He's doing really good, making plays. He got a interception versus Daytona. Yep. And uh, Mitchell Kane. He's a sophomore, but he's definitely another linebacker to be on the lookout for here in the near future. Two great special teams players as well. I mean, they two guys that are young and. Um, you know, they rotate in on the defense and the linebacker, linebacker group and obviously do well there. But you put them out, out there on special teams as young players, I mean, they're taking every advantage of that opportunity. You know, a little sidetrack. I mean, this this week in Sun, Sun Conference football, I think the theme is special teams, good or bad. Yeah. So the fact that you guys got to mention that Weber's, you know, taking special teams very serious – it's important. You know? I've been I, I've been uh, extremely happy with the the way our special team has looked in our scrimmage in our uh, last two last two games, and it's improved um, uh, all, all three. And I mean, a large part of that is obviously Coach Wimmer, um, what what he's uh, done as our special teams coordinator. And I mean, just great production from two young guys uh, on on my end. I mean, Maddox Riviera, our long snapper, is a true freshman, and Zach Van Fleet. Um, who I think could be um, – I'm not – I don't let the opinions go out too much on uh, football, but I haven't seen too many 18-year-old college kickers, uh, period, um, as cold-blooded, um, as just consistent, go in, put in work every day, um, how both of these young guys 
are. But, I mean, especially Zach. I mean, you saw um, on Saturday, I mean, he banged a 43 and a 40-yard field goal. And I had the dog. best – Yeah, I had dog. I had the best view um, in the house, obviously, holding for him. Uh, I, well, side note, he's a left-footed uh, kicker. So, first kind of week of fall camp, I had to learn how to hold for a lefty, which was a little, little rusty, but um, uh, but a lot better. But, anyways, both of those kicks were easily good Money. from 50-plus. From that was something um, – Little side note, also a bunch of bunch of the baseball guys came out to the game and watched. So you know, I got to watch those kicks, you know, from from his back. And, and you know, I told I forgot who I was sitting next to, but I was like, those are good from at least fifty. No, oh, no doubt, at least fifty. Yeah. And he's an eighteen year old kid. I mean, you give him two or three more years, we're talking like he he consistently puts in that work and you know stays true to to his process. I mean. We're talking kick off out the back he, of the end zone. Coach we might have a strength program. Might yeah. have a sixty yard leg, right? Might have, might have a 60-yard leg. I mean, he's banging 50, 52 yards as a true freshman. I can only imagine with the cons- how consistent of a kicker he is. I can only imagine he's that consistent with his work. So. Just glad he's not that good at punting or I might be on the bench this year. <laughs> <laughs> still always have a spot for your rugby punts. Still got it, but I'd still be going out there to hold for him, I guess. <laughs> Side note, Reagan did hit some absolute boots this week. you know. So if you guys didn't get a chance to go that. watch those – you, you need to go ahead. We need to make a highlight. We need to make a highlight reel for Reagan here soon. Throw it on the Suncast for him. Electric. Yeah. Electric. But, uh, you know, Parker, I actually had uh, not, not so much. Uh, it's, it's a question more for uh, I want the listeners to hear. You know, Coach Craig our new, is, is in his first year as a defensive coordinator, a young uh, D.C. I mean, and I think he's done a tremendous job, obviously, um, just through as our strength coordinator the last couple of years. And as a defensive line coach, linebackers a little bit too. But him and Coach Pooch running that defense, can you just talk a little bit about the philosophy of Weber's defense and how Coach Craig stepped in this year um, as a D.C. as well? Yeah, for sure. I, I spoke on uh, Coach Patachin and Coach Speakman being here from uh, my first year, but Coach Craig didn't come in too long after that. And yeah. it feels like he's been here since my first year because of the impact that he's had on this team and our defense, especially this year, being uh, put into that role as defensive coordinator and just fully engulfing himself into it. Uh, like we came into meetings, he had everything ready to go. We hit the ground running from the start and just he has a has a mentality that's similar to mine when I play. Just want to be aggressive, want to obviously do everything right, hit your gaps right, take care of your job, but... Like I said earlier, the defense is going to make you feel when we're on the field and we're going to go for that ball and just everything that he's bringing to the defensive side of the ball is is definitely coming. Might have to cut this part out. Thinking of the right word for it. Wait, what do you got? Just keep it rolling. We can make make edits. We're good. Yeah, we're making edits. Or we'll leave it in. Yeah. (laughs) that's good like hey people want to eat the sausage but they want to see how the sausage is made (laughs) but no i mean i I mean just just some overall mentality side um what i mean he's brought an edge to the defense um from from when i first got he brought edge to the weight room um as well that's something i can talk about in a second for sure you've seen him i mean mean, that was the first time i saw him in there in the weight room and the energy and i mean i felt the need to introduce myself you know i was like I've seen how these guys work out in the weight room before you started training these guys, and now, and I commend you, you know, for what you're doing because yeah. your energy alone is going to make a big difference. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like energy in the weight room is like 
you know, one of the main main reasons for output, you know, you get guys want to get after in the weight room, it all starts with, you know, the guy in charge. I mean, you got a guy in charge who who's kind of reserved or doesn't really say much and doesn't get in, you know, get in people's, you know, you know what, yeah. um, you're not going to see that kind of energy, that kind of effort. But when you got a guy who, who cares and, he, you know, yells and screams and tells you when you're doing something good, tells you when you do something bad. Yeah. That's that's gonna get that's just gonna exponentially grow like the amount of guys that are bought into to the weight room. He's always got good feel too. I mean, he always knows when to at least in, in my opinion, he always knows when to push and when to when to show some love. And I think that's something that our coaching staff does a really good job of. And I think in all sports, that's that's something that is a point of emphasis for a lot of coaches because you know, like being able to figure out each individual guy or even each group of guys because you know when you got a bigger roster it's probably more along the lines of group of guys who you can you know target a little bit differently and being able to like get to know your players and get to know your team is important in yeah. that aspect Parker, sure. I got a question um, I didn't even I, we, I, we never even had this conversation all fair how'd you end up at Weber like what, what was that process like well Weber honestly wasn't even in my realm of possibilities up until really late in my recruiting process. I was still kind of on the fence of whether I wanted to play small ball football somewhere and be away from home or just honestly go to college as a regular student. But uh, still wanted to play football, that's for sure, because I I love the game. And I didn't get in contact with Coach Patoshny until probably about like a month before my signing day and within like three days that weekend I was coming up on a visit and little side note that wasn't my first time coming to Weber uh my sophomore year of high school at Alonzo we actually did one of their summer team camps so grind it out grind it out oh camp. yeah baby oh man get a plug get a plug for grind it out great oh, camp great you camp. think we've came a long way since our first years here you should have seen it two years prior to oh, that really? they still had the dirt field oh, wow. uh the trenches baby the trenches. great the great trenches. great yeah. storms were not looking good when we stayed in there so yeah that was kind of uh um, maybe maybe this won't be on the list until I went back up for my second visit and seeing what they have been doing. They installed the turf field. Uh, it seemed like everything was moving in the right direction. That was the first time I met Coach Patoshny, Coach Speakman, and had a conversation with them. And that was that's the biggest thing that brought me to Weber. That and I, I'm from Tampa, so being an hour and a half away from home. It's perfect. Yeah, not too so, far, not too close. Yeah, exactly. So if I wanted to play like you on NAIA that. football somewhere, it was going to be closer to home. Yeah. And then just the mindset that the coaches here bring, it really lined up with mine. And I'm glad that Coach Patoshny ended up being the head coach my second year in. And just it's it's gone uphill from there, which is exactly what – I thought it would do, especially his defense, because he had control of the defense when I came on my visit, so I knew this was going to be like a great defense that I wanted to be a part of. Absolutely. I mean, um, something I had in my notes from from last week, some inconveniences led me to not be able to be a part of it, but um, I saw, I watched the game when you guys were on the road to St. Andrews, and I just saw a defense that just was giving no mercy. I mean, just all over the field capitalizing, tackle for loss, turnovers, just, 
everyone, you know, attacking, you know, the guy with the ball. So, I mean, I wrote in my notes, I was like, the defense is going to carry these guys. I mean, the, the if you look at it, if you've got a good defense, normally the offense is going to be able to kind of bounce off that, you know, capitalize, you know, take points off turnovers and all that stuff. I mean, even the special, the defensive side of special teams had that touchdown early in the game that kind of separated it. Um, so, like you said, that defense is just ferocious. I mean, then you, I'm glad to see you're a part of it. I'm glad you got to see the the trending upward and you got to, you know, kind of help out with that. And I'm sure all your coaches and teammates are grateful for that as well. Yeah, and that speaks to, like we were saying, Coach Craig's uh, energy that he brings mm-hmm. and Coach Patachi's energy that he brings. And, I mean, we're, we're, we're all a team, offense, defense, special teams, so we all feed off of one another and want to all be doing what we need to be doing but at the end of it you have a, you have your specific job you got to do so as a defense we want to be making sure it's lights out i know we can all when you're talking about everyone feeds off each other i know we all can get fired up when we see reagan boot one inside the 20 and get all yeah. fired up on the side especially when it pops off of someone and we get the ball back oh my god i was sitting there i lost my voice watching that i was, was so hyped that was the best. I don't think I've ever jumped so high in my life. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever gotten that close. Well, I've gotten one before, so I can't say. But I've never been that close to get my second on sportsmanlike conduct just from, I mean, yelling. I, that that was just uh, an electric feeling. I shouldn't say. I didn't say anything out of pocket. I was just screaming. <laughs> I, I, um, it, that's sports, though. That's just sports. sports. I it's wasn't sports. on that level point, so I got a I got a sideline view from that one. Yeah, that was a good. I mean, that was a great moment. You know, it's. And I mean, everybody knows last week, I think this is a theme and transition um, into previewing here uh, pretty soon, JB, but I think it's going to be a theme this uh, this week for a lot of Sun Conference football teams. Um, it's going to be bouncing back. Um, obviously, at the end of that Weber game, minute left, um, we have that punt, um, and he uh, – goes off of the Cumberland's players back um, around midfield. Um, unfortunately, we can't uh, progress the ball further to uh, try to win the game there, go to overtime and lose that one. Uh, Southeastern, brutal loss, uh, <coughs> the last the last second missed field goal. And then uh, St. Thomas, uh, the, 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 their, that very uh, unfortunate loss in overtime to Stetson, who we're playing this week. I think it's going to be really interesting to see those three teams kind of and how we can all bounce back. That's gonna be a big answer for us. I mean, it's it's a tough. We got tall tasks this weekend, Pete. For sure, for sure. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm up for it. Absolutely. I always I always like going against some competition. That's why, yeah. as as heartbreaking as last week was, you live for games like that where it's no, yeah, it's a, a dog fight to yeah. the end. It was it we've was all, a one point game for a yeah. long time. We've all been a part of those games where it's like. Okay, it's uh, you know sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them, and we were just on the the not the shorter side of it last yeah. weekend. Sports, sports, sports. But Parker, you got anything? Anything else, JB? You got anything else? Or are you ready to go ahead and start previewing the weekend? I think I'm ready to go. You know, good luck this weekend, Parker and Reagan. Yes, sir. Hope we can bring a W back back to the bab. Um, you know, have safe travels on the, on the road trip and go get them. Absolutely. Parker, I appreciate you, Bubba. Appreciate you boys appreciate having you, me Park. on. Make sure you guys are uh, tuning in to Suncast every <laughs> Appreciate episode. it. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, thank you, Parker. Uh, coming on, we'll uh, go ahead transition into some of our weekend matchups. Uh, you want to just you might as well stick with football? Yeah, I'm going to – I had a few things I wanted to go over from, from last week. I yeah, want sure. to give a little recap. Um, very brief. Um, Kaiser – 
at home against Mississippi College in a rematch of a close game last year. What a um, fourth quarter. What a um, second half of that game. Something I've written down here is, you know, disappointing loss, but optimistic because it's going to be – you can see some similarities to last year's runner-up season. I mean, very close game, down to the wire, competitive against a very good team. Defense looks very strong. Um, another ground-and-pound kind of game. I mean, I don't think Mississippi College threw the ball – I think they may have attempted 10 passes all game. Nah, it's just that triple option. Yeah, literally just run, 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 run. A little Navy or Army action. Um, but, you know, like Reagan said, Kaiser looking to bounce back. Um, you know, the Nighthawks of, of Thomas, you know, their first first game against the Georgia Warhawks, 34-6 to victory. Um, something going on in Thomasville, not able to get a, a big recap of what actually happened over there, but yeah. you know, good win for the program. Week one, one and zero. Little tidbit, um, um, Josh. Obviously, two two nine is the hometown uh, team, uh, but with uh, Thomas, they're playing at Thomasville. Actually, played an all star game. They're playing at Thomasville High School, home of the Bulldogs. Actually, played an all star game there my senior year. Look at that! Yeah, Everything's come full circle. Small world sports. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, Warner, you know, goes on the road and gets a huge week one victory. Very tough year last year, year two of, of their coach. Um, you know, Kyle Metaham, 100-yard rushing game. Um, they used a, excuse me, two-quarterback system with Evan Eschback and Xavier Holiday. They combined for a couple touchdowns apiece. And, um, you know, the what's really separated these two teams was, it was the three um, interceptions that Warner had, which led them, you know, to – you know, make that gap six points and get the victory. They're definitely going to be looking to build on that this week against Fort Lauderdale. Um, touch on the the Warriors um, of Weber. They uh, we already touched on this a little bit. Um, defensive game. I was there for the for the whole thing. It was defense was on the field. Both both defenses were on the field more than the offense. Um, Weber. You know, had a tough time defending that run, but when it came down to it, their back was against the end zone. You know, they came up strong and yeah. was getting their stops. Um, yeah, one thing that really that really uh, hurt Weber was, you know, Burstley was sacked four times. Offensive line couldn't keep him up. Even when he was, wasn't was sacked, he was hit. You know, Blake probably had a couple ice baths already this week trying to recover from that. He got yeah. popped quite a few times, played his heart out. Um like I said, the defense stayed strong, had some really good stands, especially late in that game, 19-13 um, to 13 in overtime. Um, moving on, St. Thomas suffered a very tough loss in a very close game against Stetson. Um, I mean, they had 600 yards of offense against a Division One program. Yeah. 226 from, I think, is going to be the, the rushing champ this year, Rontavious Farmer, with two touchdowns. And like I said earlier, a miscue on special teams was the difference in this game. Um, terrible... Terrible break for for the Bobcats, but you know it's like I said with with uh, with Kaiser. I mean, you're disappointed, but you're optimistic. I mean, that's a yep. Division One football team that you, for really looking at it in terms of how the game you know scripted out to be, St. Thomas should have won that game, and we should have had some really, really big kudos well, to the NAI. You, you know, a big moment um, in that game, Josh. I believe it was second second quarter. I'm not sure because obviously we didn't get to watch much, yeah. much of. Uh, much of that one, but um, that game could, could have not even gone into overtime. There was a field goal that got blocked because mm-hmm. the wing did not go out. And if you don't know, uh, people listening, the wing is kind of on a field goal. That guy on the edge, it kind of sticks out to try to uh, lengthen that edge. 
uh, for, to get the op time. And, um, you know, Alec Prado is a great kicker um, in, in the uh, NAI uh, for the Bobcats. And they got blocked. And, I mean, who knows if that field goal goes in. I mean, the game maybe never goes into overtime. There's not the uh, bad snap from the Bobcats. And they very well could have won that football. You don't ever know. You never know how, oh, yeah. how a game will progress. But obviously but a things, huge moment. Yeah, little things always, you know, make a difference. Saw that last year. I mean, uh, they had special teams miscues against Kaiser. And that was – I, I mean, one of the main reasons why they uh, – Lost the Kaiser last year, and um, you know special teams miscues, which is very, uh, very, very interesting. I think their special teams unit um, that they've been great, and it's just very odd to see uh, special teams mistakes uh, from them. But I got a feeling Coach Reichel is going to get that corrected. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you you got a um, a big road trip this week to Carroll, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong. The the state MT is Montana. is Montana. Okay, yeah. that's, that's that four point GPA. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. The state's been a while. Been a while, um, yeah. No, Montana. That's a good very trip. big, very big road trip for the ball. Similar to the Weber baseball team heading to Idaho two years ago. Very oh, long trip. Yeah. Um, be prepared. Um, but moving on, Ave Maria stumbles on the road to Lawrence Tech. Another game where you know, where the miscues on special teams cost them, missing a PAT and a field goal. And you give them the field goal, give them the extra point. And your Jireens are winners heading back to Florida. But, you know, unfortunately that did not happen. But Andrew Legg threw for 280 and three touchdowns. Impressive game for him. Did have two interceptions, but, you know, made up for it um, with 280 and three touchdowns. Um, uh, Trying to wrap this up, uh, this recap. Southeastern comes up just short in week one against a Division II opponent, Savannah State. Um, They struggled running the football badly. I think they averaged, like, under two or under two yards of carry, um, Nate Hayden did throw for two touchdowns. They were down, I think, sixteen to three, or like early in the third quarter, erased that deficit, which was impressive to see. Um, they did have a costly fumble inside the five to take the lead, um, and then they, you know, they missed a field goal at the buzzer to to lose to or to it would have been to tie the game um, against the the Tigers. But tough loss, definitely looking to bounce back. Big road test against Reinhardt. We'll get into that here in a second. Um, and the last team we're doing to talk about is Flomo. They use another game of impressive, impressive offense. Um, so Daquan Smith and Antoine Williams combined for four passing touchdowns. They kind of used a two-quarterback system mm-hmm. um, similar to, to Warner. Um, and George Young and Walter Wilbon rushed for 180 combined. Good road win for them. Huge road win for them. They went up, traveled up to Jacksonville against Edward Waters. Um, but the last two, I mean, they almost have 100 points in two weeks, Flomo. So, I mean, whoever... Yeah, they may not be able to, you know, play that great of defense, but they might uh, give some defenses in the Sun Conference a run for their money with this, yeah. you know, firepower offense. Yeah. Um, but moving on to this week, um, like I just mentioned, Southeastern traveling to Reinhardt and Waleska, Georgia. Um, nice little road trip for them early your, on in the year. Is that one of your top ten? It is. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to highlight this week. Yeah. Yes, a couple of them. A couple. Of Three them. of them actually. Yeah. Um, I wanted to highlight Devin Collins from Reinhardt, senior tailback, 192 attempts, 1,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 5.3 yards per carry last year. So, you know, Southeastern, you're going to have to be able to defend the run. Seems like that's what Reinhardt is going to lean on. Um, something that they did, they were able to do this week, but I believe, um, you know, Reinhardt has a really, really talented tailback that they're going to have to keep an eye on. 
you know, and if they can you know bottle that run, I like I like Southeastern secondary to keep them in that game, and you know you know Reinhardt, I believe might be, might be on a little upset alert here. I mean, might fire, might get a big road win for the Sun Conference. Would be huge. Um, moving on, Thomas traveling not too far to Point. Um, first road test for the Nighthawks. Interested to see how that goes. First travel day for the football program. Um, but the big, probably the biggest one of the week, Kaiser traveling to. Kentucky to take on Lindsey Wilson. Um, Lindsey Wilson is a NAI powerhouse. Um, so this some some things I wanted to highlight about Lindsey Wilson is this their year or two without their quarterback, rely on the run heavily, um, but they got Kobe Belcher, senior tailback, 200 attempts, 912 yards, and six touchdowns, almost five yards of carry. Another um, run heavy team, and like we just saw, Kaiser was able to do pretty. Pretty, I mean, they had to. They kept themselves in the game against Mississippi College, defending the run. Um, so they, you know, back-to-back weeks of having to do that. So Kaiser should be up for the test. Be anxious to see how the Seahawks do in another, you know, big test early on in the season non-conference. Um, St. Thomas, like I said, huge, huge travel day. They're probably already already there or in the process of getting there. I imagine they're leaving. they got to be leaving. Yeah, they, if, if they aren't gone, they got to be on the way to the airport Yeah, right they got to be almost on their way. Um, St. Thomas looking to bounce back, similar to to Kaiser, Southeastern, and Weber, matter of fact. It's bounce back week for the Sun Conference. Bounce no back week. Um, similar to my Gators side note. Anyways, yeah. um, St. Thomas, not not too much information on Carroll, um, but you know St. Thomas going to lean on that, on the run, lean mm-hmm. on Rontavious Farmer. I mean, 600 yards of offense is, I'd be, a little, I'd be pretty comfortable traveling Traveling up, you know, out to the west. Running travels, running the football travels. It does. It never, it never doesn't travel. I like, I'd like, I'd like to say Rontavious Farmer will run wild in any stadium in America, in the world, really. I, so I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, the kid. I mean, he's special. You get him. In, he's a special lines, running back. He's he's gonna run. The, he's gonna run the rock. With that O line, with with with, with, with that great O line, the big boys. I, I, oh, <laughs> I was an O lineman, so I appreciate the, the kudos. Uh, um, but Fort Lauderdale traveling to the Great Lake Wales to take on Warner. This would be a big first first home game for Warner this year. Night game, then on the new turf in year two. Um, I mean, Warner is going to look to go two and zero in the season. Something that would be really good for their program. Definitely an undefeated non-conference slate would, would definitely be good for the program mm-hmm. considering the how tough it is to, to win in the Sun Conference. Um, and finally, Weber International traveling to DeLand, Florida to take on the Hatters of Stetson at 7. Wish I could make that game, but I'll be rooting on my Gators, but I will be watching. Um, but like we talked about a little bit with Parker and Reagan, um, you know, Weber's looking to bounce back. They're, you know, looking to... Rely heavily on that defense. Keep Bercher on his feet. You know, uh, flip the field when needed. Reagan, flip the field when needed. You so know, stay sir. sharp on uh, on special teams, and you know, just just play hard, man. Just just give just give it all you got, because this is this is a test of where the program is headed and yep. where it is relative to the other teams in the Sun Conference. And it's a good, yeah. I mean, like you said, you, it's a reality check. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's a check to see where we're at in the Sun Conference, and we saw St. Thomas go toe to toe with them mm-hmm. in as close a game as. You can have, and it's going to be whether the result is positive uh, for us. We win, or I'm not looking for a moral victory. I'll go ahead and say that I want to go up there and freaking win. And if we can, we can do that. It's now okay. Weber has arrived as a Sun Conference team, but if things don't go our way, and it's going to be like what 
Parker and I were talking about earlier as far as leaders on this team. It'll be on us to get the team right before we head into the bye week and get into the Sun Conference uh, part, of the, part of the schedule. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's going to be – I'm anxious to see how these teams respond to, to a little bit of uh, adversity yeah. early on. It's, it always stinks losing a game early in the season because, yeah. you know, it's kind of just like a little dagger. It's like, darn, you know. Yeah. We lost one early. It almost feels like – it almost feels like the season's over. I mean, when you yeah. look at the, the higher levels, one loss was really detrimental to your season. Yeah. Luckily enough for the Sun Conference, you lose some of these bigger games against some good opponents early on, you can yeah. still run the table. So, Well, we are going to kind of uh, get, get things moving. We are uh, we're 40 minutes here. We already got the, uh, we got, we got the volleyball preview. But before that, I uh, alluded to it earlier in, uh, in the episode. Josh, there are four matchups uh, between uh, four teams. Two in the Sun Conference, Southeastern and Kaiser, they are both going up to take on Tennessee Southern and William Carey. The big, uh, the, the, the big one, obviously, being uh, maybe the best non-conference rivalry in, uh, in the, the NAI, William Carey and Kaiser. Uh, Kaiser's a storied program in the women's soccer, and there aren't many teams they have a losing record against, but the Crusaders are one of them. And this is going to be their... First real big test. They took. They played a couple of Georgia opponents, um, nil nil with Georgia Gwinnett. Not exactly too worried um, uh, about uh, about that that result because they came right back. Lauren Riley's hat trick uh, against a top twenty five team in Reinhardt. They bounced right back. But you remember, Josh? You remember that team last year? Kaiser. I mean, just incredible. Did not have a single blemish up until. Uh, the the NAI semifinals, except for one draw, and it was against that William Carey team, same spot last year. And then we have a top five matchup, and William Carey they've been uh, they've been red hot. They're four zero and zero to start the year. They are led up front by a trio that ha- already have twelve goals in between them, between uh, Torres, Maria, uh, Azarias, and Julia uh, Her- Herbest, and uh, it's going to be. be uh, Kind of a, a for Kaiser, just because we what we've seen from SCAD it is going to kind of be like, are they still that dominant, no doubt number one team in the Sun Conference? I I, I think that, and like I, I said it last week, they are that number one team in the conference until a Sun Conference team knocks them off. I'm not uh, as much, much as high as I am on, on SCAD, and I do think we get two teams um, at the final site, at least two teams. Uh, um, and the final site for women's soccer uh, this year, I think Kaiser's one of them, and uh, probably Southeastern and or uh, SCAD. I would like for it to be and get three teams maybe, but we're a long way uh, from that. But they're playing Tennessee Southern uh, as well, who's led by uh, a young freshman who has got her name already uh, up there for possibly not only best freshman, one of the best forwards um, in the NAI and Hakarua uh, Uchida. Uh, she has seven goals in her first six starts uh, in the NAI. Both the, those teams are red hot. And then for Southeastern, uh, this is the, their first official game. They got a really nice scrimmage win against a good Division II team in, out of Daytona and Embry-Riddle. But uh, unlike uh, uh, Kaiser and SCAD, we haven't really seen them play an official game. And it's like, hey, good morning. You're going to go play uh, two top ten teams. Uh, you know, Southeastern comes in as the 11th ranked team in the country, and we get to see, uh, like we talked about with Coach Roberts uh, a couple weeks ago, a team that is building off of a lot 
from la from last year, and uh, I think they're going they're going to be um, they're going to be just fine. And I think we uh, Parker may just walked out. Sorry if you heard you uh, heard that pick up. But you know, last year, uh, Josh Southeastern and William Carey played, and I remember one of the best games um, in, in women's soccer. It was a five four game. Southeastern scored in the final minute. Of that game, so William Carey, they're going up there, maybe a little revenge uh, for, uh, against Southeastern, and I think Kaiser, they're looking to do the opposite of William, William Carey. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be great, actually. William Carey and uh, Southeastern, they are playing. Excuse me, William Carey and Kaiser, they are playing uh, today as this episode comes out on Friday, and. It's that last test before we get into some conference play. I mean, we talked we we've talked about it. This uh, very short, very short uh, non-conference schedule, and these two teams getting elite competition across the NAI. I think we get to see once again where is women's soccer um, in at the NAI on a national level. I think we have three top ten teams in the conference. Uh, there's only one team in the top ten, that being Kaiser at number five, Southeastern right there at number 11. I think they're going to be a top 10 team when it's all said and done. I think SCAD sitting at 14. They're going to be uh, top 10 when it's all said and done, but they do not They do not play uh, this weekend. Do have a couple, a couple other uh, notes for men's soccer. Uh, George Gwinnett playing uh, Weber. We saw uh, George Gwinnett last night. Got to watch a little bit of them. That, that is they had a draw with Southeastern, 1-1 game. Uh, in Lakeland, I was gonna try try to go there, but football, <laughs> but sports. sports, yeah, sports. I wasn't wasn't quite able uh, to get out there. But uh, obviously, obviously the, those two games, I'm gonna be keeping on. I'm actually about to fire this Kaiser. Uh, try to fire it up. I don't even know if we got a live stream for it, but I know there'll be a lot of stats uh, to keep keep an eye on. Uh, that game, yeah, that game's uh, a little bit later later tonight, and yeah, there 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 is. Uh, let's go. You never know when you, they, there's a neutral side on the road. You never know if there's going to be a live stream, but there is. Uh, looks like actually, ooh, William Carey's going to be doing it. So shout out William Carey for having a live stream for that top five matchup in women's soccer. Josh, the big game for football is obviously Lindsey Wilson and Kaiser this weekend. We got big ones in women's soccer. Just talked about them. Uh, you also mentioned uh, the uh, we, we got uh, Stetson, and then the big one Carroll uh, and for St. Thomas uh, Carroll, and St. Thomas a big one in Miami Gardens. But you got anything else, Bubba? Go Gators! Go Dogs! <laughs> <laughs> a little bounce back. Oh, there, there he is. Came back. There he is. And then we got Parker saying. What, what did he say? He said, "Go Knowles." I'm near anybody saying anything. Uh, I, I did. Yeah, they're doing. They're. I think that might be the happiest fan base in the country right now. The happiest. The happiest. And I mean, it, it actually like pains me. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you got Georgia number one. They're number four, and y'all are just irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Hey, good recruiting class. Good recruiting <laughs> class. <laughs> That's the only thing keeping me sane. Yeah. Well. Uh, we are we're rolling right on. I'm gonna uh, we're gonna send this over to myself and Manny. Talk a little bit. Sun Conference volleyball. Thank all of you for tuning in. We'll kick it on over now. All right, now we'll continue on with the show with my man, Mr. Manny Burrows. And first off, Manny, happy birthday, Bubba. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Reagan. I'm I'm glad to be here on my birthday. It's just, it's a good good feeling. Good feeling. 
Is I guess I, this is something uh, I, I think people uh, down at St. Thomas they've noticed with you definitely at Weber people have noticed we both uh, kind of growing out the stash <laughs> a little bit getting a little getting the stash growing out a little just bit. Like, hey, you know, we just like something new, something new. I love people talking to each other. It just kind of it just clicked. It just clicked. Hey, got, I love it. I love it, man. But I tell you what else I love. It is uh, volleyball in the Sun Conference. I got to take. We'll wait for it um, a little bit. Obviously, you've been following it very close. Um, and for a good reason, if I were a St. Thomas Bobcat, I would be very in tune with what's going on with Coach Bateau and that group. I guess that's a good starting point. Um, I think right now, um, for at least me, my, I guess, quote, unquote, power rankings, I think it's St. Thomas. I think St. Thomas is still right there, that that top spot um, in the conference. They were uh, predicted to win the conference in the preseason coaches poll. Manny, has that coach's poll uh, stood stood the test of just a few weeks' time before we get into conference play? I think it has. I, I completely agree with you. I think it is the, the best start, I think, for the Bobcats in their first eight games or six and two. They haven't had a start better since 2020. Like, it's just been a great run, including some impressive wins. Yeah. I remember I was on the call for that Missouri Baptist game in opening day, and the Spartans have had the Bobcast number in the past. I believe they're one and seven going into that matchup. So it was a bit, I was a little curious to see how would we would respond. And we responded very well. It was impressive from start to finish. We did lose those, that game in five sets, but there was a point where if we didn't let that first one slip out of our hands, could have been looking at a, maybe even a sweep because the Bobcats were just rolling and it felt like they ran out of gas, but they continue that momentum. They then have a great bounce back, comeback victory against Mid-American that, I'll be honest, I was watching the game. I had to go do something. I was a little disappointed because I figured it just wasn't going to be in the cards. Yeah. And I come back and find out that we hit, hit the comeback, and I was so happy. I was so excited. Um, But I think those are the type of – that was the game where I was so just – it showed how far the Bobcats have come. I do give a lot of credit to the returners for sure. Sanad Dennis, Amanda Allende, Alexander Magasco, Bianca Grassi, like – that crew having the returners to come back from what they experienced the last year, the year before, it's definitely helping. I also got a shout out the freshman duo of Peyton Berkey and Alexander Bruno. They are out here just impressing from the start. I mean, there's a game that Peyton Berkey against Mid-American had 58 assists. She has been the talk of the town when it comes to new setter on the block. And she actually won setter of the conference in her first week here at St. Thomas. So she was just out of the gates running. Alexander Bruno is another one. She has a total of 103.5 points this season. She has been, even though freshman, she's been a very focal part of their offense. And it's been a good addition with, again, you knew Ayende would be someone that you had to worry about on that outside hitter. You knew Alexander McGasco would be another one. Sanaa Dennis, Talia Barnes, they were going to hold it down. But having Bruno kind of be that surprise on the block makes me kind of curious to see what the conference is going to do when St. Thomas rolls into town or when they come down to Super Miami Gardens to play them. It's been a great showing from the team. The team is also very deep. I mentioned Sanaa Dennis, Alexander Magasco, also have Hope Lennon Gaskin who comes in every now and then, give you a little bit of spurt when it comes to offensive flow. It's been just great, and I'm excited for conference play. It's, it's getting it's getting tight. It's getting tight because even though the Bobcats have been doing well, the rest of the conference they're they're definitely on their heels, and and I'm sure they, they can feel a little bit. Well, that's absolutely right. But I wanted to hit on just a little bit more on the two newcomers. Um, I think everybody, like like you say, you, you knew what you're going to get from Grazi, uh, Mayende, uh, obviously for St. Thomas, and unfortunately, just kind of scheduling wise, I haven't been able to watch uh, only one game, uh, unfortunately, uh, for St. Thomas. Um, you mentioned that 58. 
uh, assist. That was one, uh, Joe, shout out Joe, Joe's graphics for, uh, uh, doing a great job with that, especially on Saturdays while I'm out playing and I went and I was scrolling through and I checked and I saw that she had 58 and assist. And I was like, did Joe have a typo here? <laughs> no, it, was, it, it was right. But, but you mentioned, um, those newcomers, how do you feel like they've really, uh, set into, to the team and you have your leaders, uh, uh, that, Built the built the team, made them a Southern Conference uh, champion, knocking on the door of that top twenty five last year. How do you think uh, that overall chemistry started to work for Bobcat volleyball? Because you're around it every day. I think the chemistry has been seamless. Um, I credit Coach Winnie Batso and her staff for the recruiting because again, these are two freshmen. Like they they're not transferred; they're freshmen, and they came out the gates gunning. And I think it also helps that they're both freshmen, so they kind of lean on each other. You know, I, I keep yeah. saying the freshman duo, and I think that they can look to each other. They're going to make mistakes. They've made mistakes. They've had some bad games. They've had some great games. But they can lean on each other for a little bit. And even though they do make those mistakes, again, I credit the leadership that's already been established, the foundation that's already been established by the players, by the coaching staff, to where when they do make mistakes, they're, they understand it, they talk about it, and they let it go. They don't get down on them. They don't let them get in their heads because there are games where – if Ayandi's not having a good one or if McGaskill's not having a good one, there's no shame in going to say, hey, Bruno, we're going to go for you a little bit, a couple of these next few rallies to try and get us some points, trying to get us some, some quick hitters. And Peyton Berkey, even though she has been the setter and even though we expect the setter to, you know, control the offense, she's yeah. also been a little bit surprising because she'll catch you sleeping on one of those. I remember that first game of Missouri Baptist, the ball was too close to the net. She just said, no, forget this. Turned it, spiked it herself. They they dug it, so it wasn't a point, but it shocked. Everybody had shocked, had me shocked, had her teams shocked on the bench. So I that has been the best part, I think, because we knew what was coming in. And for the freshmen to come in and just the seamless transition, like I said, you wouldn't even known. You would have thought they'd been together for at least a year, but it just has all come together perfectly. And every year in the Winnie Battle era, that's kind of been the staple. They build up the last two. They continue to do it. They continue to do it. And now you've gotten to the point where we have a foundation that you bring in the right pieces and they fit in perfectly. And now we're seeing them reap the benefit of it. So it's just been an all-around team effort from both Bruno and Berkey, the players that are returning, and the coaching staff. Yeah, and I, like you said, they're continuing to build on that success. But – and we'll, we're going to get get I'll get more into to this point later. The overall growth of the Sun Conference this year, I feel like it's a better quality of volleyball than this from the games that I have been able uh, to watch. A team that I have been able to, and again, it's just schedule-wise the fact that they, the Kaiser Seahawks just play so much uh, volleyball, I get to watch watch them, keep up with them a good bit. But obviously, Brooklyn Slater already has two uh, Attacker of the Week awards, and Hannah Heidi, uh, an All-American level setter. That duo and the rest of the Seahawks, what have you seen from, from Kaiser, and are they the second best team in the Sun Conference right now? So, you know, we mentioned we were talking about the biggest surprises, and I actually had Kaiser as my biggest surprise of the season. Not because I thought they would have a bad year, but because they're having a better year than I expected. Like, yeah. I did not know. But they come out, I told them in the in the preview that we had, I had them kind of like the St. Thomas of last year. They're hungry. They're eager. They want to avenge what happened the year before. And that's pretty much what Kaiser is doing right now. They were in the conference championship against the Bobcats. They got swept by the Bobcats here in the Miami Gardens. They haven't forgotten about that. Hannah Hyde has not forgotten about that. Brooklyn Slater has not forgotten about that. Those two have been 
the biggest just I have every time I go to the box score, I look. How did Hannah Hyde do? Oh, another 40 point, another 40 assist game. Cool. Another 30 assist game. Cool. Brooklyn Slater, like you said, another attacker of the week, her fourth in her career and the second straight. The only one who's been winning that award. She's also leads the conference and the NAIA in kills. They have just been a great duo that right now no one has been able to stop. Now, there's plenty of film on them. I'm curious to see how the Bobcats, the Jairines, the South, Southeastern Fire, the conference is able to adjust to that. But it really just starts and ends with Hannah Hyde. I mean, she's continuing her quest for back-to-back setter of the year. Like, it's it's really I – I think it is her award to lose right now because of all the just – the numbers that are up right now. She has 150 assists. Last week, she named setter of the week. She has 150 assists in those four games. She had two consecutive 40-plus assists. Five blocks. She obviously leads the conference and the NAIA with assists. I mentioned before the season started, she's on track to beat the to set the new record at Kaiser for assists. Right now, she's a 694 away. So she's continuing that trek. It's just been an impressive, just A1 performance from her in that setter position. And it is the driving force of that team. Like they're gonna go as far as she continues to go. Not to not it is not to mention Sydney Waddles, Sophia Trout could be some X factors to also keep an eye on. Again, Brooklyn Slater, you kind of expect like she's gonna have a very yeah. dominant performance, but it's gonna take a lot more, especially in the Sun Cover. Like you said, this year the volleyball scene has just taken a giant leap forward. We're gonna talk about later about those top 25 matchups and how the conference has fared against those teams in that in those matchups. But since Sydney Waddles, Sophia Trout, like I mentioned, also Erica Magan, she's been a very strong, strong libero for this team. She Top had a last game had a and 31 digs. She really is going to she, – she's someone that I don't know if she can win the libero of the year because, again, Bianca Garassi has been just amazing. She has that reputation. But if there was someone I would pick, I would probably say her. And just the team as a whole, it's been all of it from Hannah Hyde, Brooklyn Slater, the other outside hitters, whether it's Waddle, Trout, or somebody else, and then Erica in, in that defensive role, it's a big reason why the Bob, why the Seahawks excuse me, have eight sweeps already on the season, and they haven't even gotten a conference play yet. If they are the second-best team in the conference, and I think that gap between them and St. Thomas is is a little small. It's there, but it's, it's, it's closing with every game that, that they get under their belt. You hit the nail on the head. They're not just winning. They're winning in dominant fashion. I mean, you, you look at – uh, now, have they been playing the top 25 opponents as much as St. Thomas? Maybe not, but they're still playing and they're playing extremely when they are playing good teams. And they played a good Cumberland team and they took care of business. They handled them, especially in that fourth set, uh, 24-11. Now, I'll tell you something, that game was uh, one that I, I went back and looked at the box score a good bit. Because you look at Brooklyn Slater, not only did she have 21 kills that day, but she had 22 digs. As well, it's kind of showing that Kaiser defensively could be a very underrated part of their season. But a team that you and I both know is incredible uh, defensive defensively are the Ave Maria uh, Gyrenes. And, and of course, last year I was huge. I was one of my favorite matchups: St. Thomas versus Ave Maria volleyball. Uh, Hannah Jones has just been incredible uh, this year for them. And I'll tell you another freshman. You talk about some freshmen for St. Thomas, a freshman that has impressed me a ton in just uh, the two games that I was able uh, to keep up with with Ave Maria's Ryan Getz. Ryan Getz has been just phenomenal. Have you been able to watch her and the rest of this Ave squad a good little bit? I haven't been able to watch the games, but I have gone to the the box scores. And like you said, Ryan Getz is one of those names that I always look at. She started the season with a 39-assist game. Again, another freshman who just came out the gates running. 
Um, she is listed as an outside hitter on the roster, so I was a little confused by that, but I can see by the way the, the season has progressed, she has come comfortably into that set her role. Yeah. And the offense overall has me a little worried because it feels like they just can't find enough points at times. They do have some impressive wins, but I feel like the, those losses are more so just because they couldn't find their groove, so to speak. So I think yeah. that's the biggest thing I'm going to keep an eye on for. But other than that, you know, Zelly Kessler, who is the Sun Conference player to watch, she's had a solid season. She's probably been the most consistent offensive source when it comes to points. But I just want to see if the rest of the the outside hitters, the middle blockers, can find a little bit more groove. You know, it's it's a rough start, but I think now going into conference play, they got a little bit more games under their belt. Like I mentioned in the preview, they do have some new faces, so it's going to take a little bit of a minute to adjust. Yeah, and I think that that those ten games, this non conference play, is going to help them in the long term. Once you get to the tournament, once you get deeper into conference play, and then we'll maybe talk about the Jirens a little bit different as maybe a dark horse heading into the playoffs. I think they could be a lot like Kaiser last year. I think everybody really had, um, if if not in complete ink, at least penciled in in the finals. A lot of people were thinking Ave Maria against St. Thomas last year. And that, that was fair. I was one of those. And you had Kaiser um, just they, – they, they got hot at the right time and they were a great uh, tournament team and made it uh, to play St. Thomas in the conference championship. I wouldn't be surprised if something very similar happens with Ave Maria where people – could possibly just say, oh, it's going to be St. Thomas Kaiser or St. Thomas Southeastern, who we'll talk about in a minute. Watch out for Ave Maria. Um, it, 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 new faces, by the time they get going, and obviously a lot of games are going to be played uh, in the conference before we get to the conference tournament, and I don't I don't have any doubt that they'll be there in the conference tournament. I think they could be a very dangerous team. Watch out if they end up being, you know, that maybe that three, four. I don't – I would be pretty surprised to see Ave fall below a 4C. But even if they did, uh, I, I'm i not writing off the Gyrenes until they would got not, they'd get knocked out of the conference tournament. But we've talked about some impressive wins. Certainly all the teams that we have mentioned so far have impressive wins. But in my opinion, the most impressive win so far belonged to the Fire out of Lakeland. They took down the number 12 team in the country, the Taylor Trojans, uh, just about, about a week – a little over a week ago. Uh, Southeastern. Now, this is a team last year that um, – and just and just talking with people there, t- took a little bit of a step back, but, man, they returned everybody. I mean, everybody's back uh, for the most part for that squad, and they've got some young production as well. The Southeastern Fire volleyball team, that win over number 12, t- Taylor Fluke, or is that watch out for everybody else in the Sun Conference, Manny? I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like SCU is quietly dominating. They're having a great they, they are quietly. They are but nobody's really like looking around at them. Like I remember I went into when we talked about this and I went to go do my homework. I said, you know, the, the fire are tied with St. Thomas right now, like tied in the conference when it comes to obviously not before conference play started. And I feel like they're just not getting that same buzz. But I don't think they mind. I honestly think that they do not mind. They'll just slide under the radar. They're going to beat the number 12 team three to one and then just keep it pushing like nothing happened. And I don't think it was a fluke. I think Tadia Lyons, who won defensive player of the week, the first week of the Sun Conference, has been a very big part of this uh, great start, both on and off the court. I think that leadership role, like I mentioned in the preview, coming from a situation where she won a championship and not championship in the NCAA, I think it's it's been a plus for her. And overall, this is that that win was not a fluke. I know that the loss to receiving votes, uh, I forget who it was, or the next game, I think it was Blue Mountain. I think that one was more of a fluke than the win against the Trojans. Oh, so okay. I, I kind of 
Yeah, I got to pull it up. Uh, yeah, it was right before. So it was actually right before that. They go out and they lose her receiving votes, Blue Mountain Christian, and then get up a couple of, uh, hours later. Obviously, volleyball, you play multiple games in non-conference mm -hmm. time of the year. And they go out and they beat the number 12 team in the country, Taylor, 3-1. to one. So, so you, you're seeing that experience. You know, kind of like what we talked about uh, with Kaiser, with their returners. Now you're getting that experience. It's huge. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, to lose that game in a sweet fashion and then to turn around, like you said, a couple hours later and be the number 12 team, that just speaks to that experience, to that leadership that they have. I also, we mentioned Hannah Hyde, Peyton Berkey, Ryan Getz, Alexandra Poslewa. I really hope I said that right. I feel like I did. She's also been another setter that I think has had a very, very good year. Um, they've had, had like a dual set lineup, a rotation kind of thing going on between her and Ava Connors. Again, I haven't watched too many games. I've just seen kind of the box scores. But between those two, they have 253 assists on the year and only 10 errors. So they've been very efficient. And to have efficient setters and then to have a trio like Lions, Amelia Harding, and Grace Petty, who have all had very good years when it comes to the offensive side of things, 196 kills between the three of them, 230 points between the three of them. They have been pretty just consistent with it. So the fire, like I said, they're quietly dominating, but they, I feel like, are at the end. They started a conference play. They actually have played tonight against Florida College. I think they're going in with the best momentum and the less, the least amount of eyes on them, and that is a very dangerous recipe for a Lakeland, for Southeastern, any program, really. You don't have your eyes on them. If you're not worried about them, they're going to catch you slipping when you least expect it. And like we said, they're experienced team as well. Speaking of a pretty experienced team, didn't have the best start to the year, but Weber, Weber International, they are winners of three of their last four. Uh, Manny, a rough start for the year, but first year in a new head coach. Do you think Weber will continue on this trend of, of getting get closer above 500 playing set, uh, this Friday? Actually, first game of the fall season I'll be on the call for. Uh, we, uh, we have Florida National really excited to be on the call for Weber Women's Volleyball again. Where do you see Weber in the Sun Conference right now? So when I went back and did my my research, I saw they were in the middle of the conference, like you said. And I honestly was happy that's where they were. Because I feel like, like you said, first-year coach, there's going to be some growing pains with it. But if you can get through conference play at about a 500 record, and you're kind of just sitting there, you I feel like they're going to be that team that gets better as the year goes on. Now, are people going to pick them to maybe win the tournament or anything like that? Probably not. But they could be that team that if you don't respect them, if you don't keep an eye on them, if you don't treat them with the respect that they are going to earn, I feel like, at the end of the year, then yeah. they could be that team that upsets somebody come postseason time. Even if they're going to be on the road, which probably will be the case, even if they're going to be playing against a top team in the, in the conference, they could be that team that if they're playing their best volleyball at that right time they're going into the conference with momentum with some big time wins big time performances they will upset somebody whether it's a three five the three two situation or even a, a three one where they're just rolling Weber, i have weber as that team that they're going to get better as the year goes on and when the postseason comes we're going to say hey they're in the middle of the conference they're kind of in the middle of the pack but do not sleep on them in this matchup in the first round or second round if they get through that I think a big thing with Weber, I think they got uh, – I mean, no disrespect by this at all, but I think they had a big upgrade in the coaching department this year. I, I really like what Justin D um, has done just from a mindset. I think the I think the players are 
having more fun um, here at Weber. And I'm a big believer in Coach D. Do I think we see the results this year? I don't know. I, 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 it was one of those, it's like, oh boy, we're starting one and three, not ideal. Had some tough competition, but then winners of three, three of the last four, it's like, okay, maybe you start starting to get to it. Um, and I'll get to, I'll get to really see Friday, of course, um, in, in person, but we'll hop across the lake and maybe the most dominant win so far this season uh, belongs to this team, Warner. Um, yeah, I pulled it. Yeah, they played Trinity Baptist earlier this year. Did you see the box score for that uh, Warner Trinity Baptist game um, last, uh, I think, Friday? I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. I'm not sure. I could not find it. I'll read it off. So they won 3 0, 25 12, 25 2, 25 3. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in a volleyball game before. Yeah, I, that's wow. Those are wow. That's impressive. That's an impressive win for, for that Royal team for sure. Like I said, we kind of mentioned it before this season. They're definitely feeling like a development year. Yeah. But you get wins like that, you start racking it up. The thing about young uh, programs, the teams that that maybe they're going to start from new in a, in a sense, the best thing for them are to not listen to the noise, to not listen to those things. Because when you're young, you just want to go out there and play. Whatever sport it is, you just want to go out there and play. And they're going to have that why not us mentality, which is what kind of you expect to have from a young team. Yeah. And if, if they continue that and they just go out there and play, who knows where they're, where they're going to be. They're definitely going to be a hard team to predict because if they have – they clearly have part, the ability to have wins like that. Do I think it's going to be consistent? Probably not. But if it's in there, and they can somehow mold that and, and figure out a one-way goal to their achievements. Maybe we could yeah. be talking about a dangerous team, but it, it, they're definitely going to be a little hard to pick, but I, we, we both agree. I think it's going to be a, a bit of an up-and-down year for sure. I, I agree. You know, they had that that win uh, to start off the year, and it was kind of like, okay, is Warner going to be the surprise team um, th this year? Uh, Chiefs fell off the cracker a little bit um, uh, over the last four. Um, they, they play Florida College. Uh, again, Monday night, who is a team that beat them three sets uh, to zero before they get back into Sun Conference play. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough year for Warner uh, volleyball, but they have shown the ability to go out and dominate a team not only offensively but defensively. I don't care who you're playing if you're playing a college volleyball team and you only let them score five points over two sets. That says something about about your program that you have the ability. Uh, to go out and do it. But like you said, a young team, uh, we'll, we'll continue to see how they develop. Another uh, another team uh, that had a good start, uh, started to uh, struggle a little bit, some tough competition, including uh, Division II uh, opponents are the Coastal Georgia Mariners. Manny, where do you stand on Coastal Georgia? I'll be honest, I kind of thought Coastal would be my surprise team for the They were year. my. They, they, they were my. And they definitely had a little bit of a decent start too. I just feel like things have kind of tailed off. I think they were very excited for the transfer that they got in. I think that they were excited about that. They're, they're the uh, transfer players. They were already all conference players in their previous conference. So they were like, okay, we're, we're building something here. We're building something here. And that fire was great. I just feel like it's tailed off a little bit. Hopefully the start of conference play will kind of spark it back up and they'll get things going. I know they had a couple of scheduling mishaps too. They had to reschedule some games here and there. Yeah. They were definitely – I'm not going to say uh, disappointment for sure because that's way too strong of a word to say right now. It's just I thought they would be better or more the, – the vibe going into conference play would be a little higher than it is right now. But it's still got plenty of time. Like we said, Jakarta's play is just going to start 
So I'm still hoping that they're going to be that kind of not Cinderella, but just that team that we could have seen it coming. It ended up happening. And now we're talking about this maybe being a, a situation where, again, another team, they're playing good volleyball postseason time. Could they upset somebody? Could they be hot? Maybe they even sneak into that fourth seed, get to host something, you know, and now we're like, oh, maybe Coastal Georgia at home. Could they be a little bit of a Cinderella run? We'll see. I think this is the year before the year for Coastal Georgia. I think we see them improve. They went 2-12 and 12 in the conference last year. I'd be pretty surprised if they have that, that same record. I think they'll take some more wins, but – I do think it's that kind of year before the year. They have uh, they have good good things building in Brunswick. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Um, but they they still have a little bit to go before competing. Um, I think with just what the top of the Sun Conference is right now, which is, I, I I'm still putting Abe right up there. I'm still and and obviously right now Southeastern the way they've been playing and dominating, and then Kaiser and of course the St. Thomas Bobcats. But that being said, Manny, there's not one team in the top 25 for volleyball. You can say fair maybe if you're looking from the outside in. I will say this, though. If I can invest money in one Sun Conference sport, obviously you can't do like a flag football, a baseball, a softball that have already reached that that top. And I think it's tough now to do football because what's better than, I mean, obviously winning a national championship, we just competed for national champion ship last year i think that's a that's tough to say say with football certainly some some other programs st thomas but still i think there i think volleyball is a sleeping giant in the sun conference i think we've started to see it with st thomas and we're starting to see it with kaiser if you need more proof and i know this is like of course they're in florida some elite teams in beach volleyball in this conference weber's one of them and I think the indoor side of things with volleyball, I I, I feel like we're knocking on that door. And the, only, and the main reason I'm saying that is just a complete vibe from last year to this year. Last year it was like, can we get – can we be competitive on a national level? Eh, I don't know. We go, unfortunately, uh, remember last year uh, it was tough for uh, – uh, when uh, y'all went out representing the national tournament – put up an incredible run in the opening round. I think this is the year you see a team make a run. I think that team is St. Thomas. I also think that team could be Kaiser, and I don't see why it can't be both this year. I could see this being – I'll tell you what I think this could be. I think 2023 volleyball in the Sun Conference can be what last year's basketball was. Do I think we're going to go win a red banner? I don't know. If, I don't think we're quite there yet. And I don't, I don't think we're quite there yet. I think this is going to be a time where we get to a final site and there's a couple, there's at least one, if not two, Sun Conference teams. And it's going to be like, oh, this is no longer just the Midwest and the NAI being able to ho- hold it down. We've done it in every other sport almost. <laughs> I mean, dang near. I mean, what what sport are we not competitive in it at a national level? And I think volleyball, of course, there's we're young programs, a lot of young programs. And you know, you know, I'm number one Whitney Bato, uh, Bato fan. I love. Her. I remember the, the the interview. It was great with her, her, her and Mia. Uh, I'm sure I know that, that she, she's a big part of the the program. Uh, that she she's moved on now. But 
I, I, I stand with it. I think this is the sleeping, the next sleeping giant. I think basketball kind of had its little coming out party this past year. Now, I think the next step for basketball is getting a team to the final four. I want, I would like to see a final site Sun Conference team. If we can get a team to the final site, I would be, I'd be very excited. I think that's progress. I think that's continued progress for Sun Conference volleyball. Manny, is it St. Thomas? Is Saint is this St. Thomas is to lose? And if they if it if it is, who is the team that could upset them that you feel like is most likely to upset them this year? So I think the best example that I can give for the entire conference is again, I'm gonna use that Missouri Baptist games because I saw it and it's obviously I'm on campus at St. Thomas, so it's easier for me to to use them as examples. Yeah, and this is not. I'm not saying this is St. Thomas. I'm saying Missouri Baptist represented what the volleyball scene was in the NEIA, and St. Thomas represented what the Sun Conference is becoming. And I was watching that game. I was calling that game, and I said it a lot at the beginning of the broadcast. It seemed to me like Missouri Baptist was not ready for that first punch that the Bobcats threw, mm -hmm. and that's where I think where you talk about that sleeping giant. I don't think people are ready for that first punch for that initial blow of like, Oh, it's a Sun Conference team. They're going to be fun. They're going to, you know, have some nice moments, but they're not expecting much out of it. No, 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 no. If you don't respect what the volleyball scene is becoming down here in South Florida, in the South, I should say, yeah. things are going to be very tough for you. And Missouri Baptist, to their credit, they got together and they pulled out the win, but it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. Like it was and that's not a great easy. program. That's not, that, that's not just a Missouri Baptist and uh, did a little research on that. That's not just a great team. That's a great program. Yeah. They, I believe got, they have won the last three conference titles last year. They were, when they played the Bobcats, they were like the number one team ranked early on the season. So yeah, they, this is a team that it, they're no slouch by any stretch of the imagination. And to do that against them, you can say early season stuff. You can say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, we got to call a spade a spade. And the Bobcats, I think, represent what the conference is. With that being said, overall so far, we've had nine matchups. I'm including receiving those teams in these top 25 things. So we're four and five in those matchups. Bobcats, again, lost to the Missouri Baptist, and they beat number 11, Columbia. They beat Mid-American. Or they lost to Columbia, excuse me. Then they beat Mid-American, Hastings, and receiving both Siena Heights. Southeastern lost to Blue Mountain that was receiving votes at the time, beat number 12 Taylor. And the Jirene are the only team right now that have had top 25 or receiving votes games but haven't been able to get that win against Missouri Baptist and then Columbia International. I do believe the Bobcats are that team. And I think Kaiser is going to use this as motivation. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think that they are surprised that we're staying the Bobcats. Yeah. The reason that I think it's it, it could be either one. Like if you didn't tell me Kaiser, I'm not even gonna want to debate with you because you, you could be right. The reason I think, I, I think that matchup, Kaiser versus St. Thomas. Um, it, we scratched this segment. I kind of thought about bringing it back now that we're kind kind of close to the uh to conference tournament. But my my favorite uh you know in our favorite uh conference matchups in all sports. Buddy, it's top 10. It might be a top five Sun Conference matchup in all sports this fall. And uh, I'm counting it. I'm counting it down. I mean, I, look, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, my, and uh, again, that you're going to hear me talk. You know, uh, they've already heard, heard me talk, talking about about the uh, these teams and the gauntlet that they got th this weekend. I don't know, know if you've, you've seen what's happening in women's soccer, but it's just top 10 matchups across across the board, non-conference-wise, uh, big, 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 
big matchups, but uh, listeners have already heard that. But where I was going with it? Oh, yeah. Um, the, you, my personal favorite top in conference matchups you, you got your SCAD versus Kaiser Women's Soccer. You have your St. Thomas Men's Soccer. So, by the way, how have they been? Good Lord. I mean, how fun has that been watching that down there? I mean, y'all got a legit red banner contender down there. It was, it was that last game in Missouri Baptist had me on the edge of my seats. My first soccer game for men's, I was like, thank you for giving me a thriller. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anyways, there's a couple of the couple of those. And of course, I'm a, a big, big soccer. I'm ready for the Sun Conference ones uh, to get. So I'm actually going to watch uh, a good game uh, tonight. I guess technically tomorrow when y'all are uh, hearing this um, on, on Friday. But uh, against Southeastern, uh, again, I'm going to Southeastern, watch them play in Georgia with net, uh, national powerhouse men's team. But, um, anyways, bring, bring, bring this pony back to this table that Kaiser versus St. Thomas volleyball matchup. It's right up there with, with watching, uh, St. Thomas versus Kaiser men's soccer, Kaiser versus SCAD's women's soccer, Southeastern, uh, against SCAD uh, or Kaiser. And, you know, you, you know, we keep, I get it. We keep repeating, repeating the name. They got a, they got a dead gum good athletic department, especially this time of the year. Kaiser and their football team. Uh, Josh talk talk about, um, I mean, their football team losing to uh, Mississippi College by only a field goal. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I mean, other than that, I mean, another one, Manny. How about um, before we get back uh, fully into volleyball, uh, we already talked. We already talked about it. Gut wrenching though. For the football team for, for the Bobcats this past weekend. I mean, poof. They, they, everybody listening uh, knows and if you skip, skipped ahead, uh, about a tough of ways you can lose a game, uh, yeah. a, a, as there is. And I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I don't, you, you, I don't know if you know, I mean, I'll be right there. We both had overtime losses and I, poof. Those are, those are the ones that you're like, ah. You start yeah. thinking back to every single play, every single snap, every single one. Every single one. But, Manny, there are experienced players that have won Sun Conference Awards last year in volleyball. Think, think of, of course, of uh, Hannah Heidi uh, with Setter and Allende. Do you see much switch up? Do you think the hitter of the year stays and the, and the setter of the year stays? I really, like, I really – I tried – to figure out a way to maybe make a case for one of these other setters. But Hannah just has everything going for her. She has the numbers. She has the wins. She also has the narrative. Like, at the end of the day, if she gets this all-time record at Kaiser with assists, like, it's going to be hard. That's, like, one of those things where, okay, she won it last year. She was amazing last year. What could she do to top it? Well, she just set a record at the school. How close assists. is she? How close? I haven't checked since like the beginning of the year. 694 away. I did the math last night. So, and like people were kind of maybe, eh, it's a lot of assists. She has multiple, she has 340 assist games. She has 530 yeah. assist games. So it's like, it's completely possible she does it this year. It's, I think it's hers to lose. I really do. The only way I see her losing, and I'm going to use her name just because I think she has a really good case. It has to be one of these new fresh, new freshmen on the block. I think Peyton Berkey's leading that because I think it's just kind of the new thing. People are like, wow, this is for a first year to be doing this is very impressive. I think it could be any 
maybe her, maybe Ryan Getz if Avi Maria can start racking up some wins. But the only one that I really would give a dark horse chance to is Peyton, just because, again, she's a freshman. She's doing this with a, a great – she's seamlessly getting into this great organization, this great program, I should say. And she's putting up the numbers and being a big part of these wins against top 25 teams, competing against the Missouri Baptist teams of the world. So I think she could maybe make a case for it, but I think setter of the year has got to, it's Hannah Hyde's to lose. And I don't think she's going to lose it at all. And how, how about for uh, your attacker of the year? Attacker of the year. Do we think it could get swept by the Seahawks? It's because it's very possible. It's very possible that Brooklyn Slater might you know, say, like, I see what you're doing, Hannah. I'm going to double yeah. down. I'm, you know, uh, she's, got she's got the numbers. 295.5 points, 257 kills. She's had 28, 25, 21, 20 kill games. Her highest point total was 32.5. She's had two 20-point games. Like, she just has the numbers, and she, again, is the most consecutive player or consistent player, good Lord, uh, at that Kaiser team when it comes to scoring. And you can, at the end of the day, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if they just haven't been able to prove a way to stop her. I'm very curious to see how the conference responds because I think we could have some nice matchups, you know, with some of these front lines that the the Bobcats, the Jireens, the Southeastern Fire can throw at Brooklyn to see how she adjusts to it. And I think that is going to come down to it. I think this year more than ever for a lot of these awards, it's going to come down to how do these players play in conference? Because we've all seen that they can dominate out of conference. How do you, how how can you play against teams that you're going to play twice a year, one at home, one on the road that have film on you, that have seen you play against other programs who kind of built similar ways. So I think Brooklyn Slater has a really good chance. I would give Amanda Allende. Definitely got to give her a nod for sure, especially because she's had some games like against Mid-American where she had 25 points and 24 kills. So she's been having those maybe not consistent numbers like she had last year where like last year she had almost 300 kills by the end of the year. Right now she's at 100. But she's there when they need the most. And last year she had an amazing year. I think she can benefit from that back-to-back years of having a good season. I think she'll probably make all conference by the end of the year. I think she's going to have a very just consistent trek. I'm going to say it's going to be Hannah Hyde and, and uh, Brooklyn Slater for the setter and attacker of the year. And I know it's a little bit out there to, for both of them to win it, both being from Kaiser, but if they're just putting up these numbers, it's going to be hard for you to argue against them. It really is. And then again, if they finish season number one or number two, even maybe number one in the conference, I think could be a Seahawks sweep in these uh, award talks. Yeah. And, you know, te- I think technically, uh, it, I don't really think there is like a hitter uh, of the year, but I feel like that oftentimes that goes your player of the year, your outside hitter, you're the best outside hitter more oftentimes than not uh, is, is going to be uh, y- your player of the year. Um, and I, I, I did, did want to uh, double check for Caroline, Caroline Souza was a player of the year from Florida more Memorial last year, not, um, Amanda Allende got that one mixed up, hand up. That's why I was like, hold on, not right here. I want to go double check. I didn't have it in my notes, but I did double check. Manny, why do I have Kaiser have with the setter of the year, player of the year? So I, do, I think Brooklyn Slater is the player of the year because it's not just what she does offensively. She does great work defensively as well. For sure. And why do I think they're going to win the Sun Conference Tournament? Because they are 
this is literally out of like a movie. This is the script. Like we're 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 the wrote up the script and they leaked. This is what's happening right now. This is what's happening right now. Because again, you you're talking about a team that was swept last year in the conference tournament in the championship game. They are pretty much returning a lot of last year's players, including again Hannah Hyde, who the spearhead of this of this team right now. You have Brooklyn Slater, who is having a heck of a start to the year. And it's just all blending together to say they're going to continue this streak. And there is a collision course that we see between that team in West Palm Beach and that team in Miami Gardens. I honestly think it's going to come down to, like, when it comes to who do we give the edge to, who is hosting the tournament? I think we're going to be looking at these seedings for the next two, three, four weeks. Every single game that these two play, these teams will play against each other and against other teams because, again, the fire could come in and play spoilers, take a game from one of these two teams, and now we're like, oh, great, now we, now we got to do something. So I think it's going to come down to one of those situations where they're going to be jockeying for that one-two position all the way through, and whoever has that narrow edge by the end of the year is where we're going to say, all right, we're going to give them the edge because we can't – you can't cut this up. Like, you really can't – these two teams – are almost mirror images of each other. Uh, Young it's going to be fun. I, I have, I, it's it's going to be fun. And now we're here. And now we're here and we're excited. I have that those games circled. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm figuring out a way to watch those games. I'm what? figuring it out. What? I'm I don't care if I'm in game. I don't care if I'm in game. I'm watching them. I'm watching. You have the iPad. You have the iPad on the sideline. You have the iPad. No, 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 no. We are watching this conference volleyball matchup. We are not watching film right now. See, Coach, no. you be locked into the game. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm locked in. I do think St. Thomas wins the regular season. Um, I, I, I do think St. Thomas, um, I, I think throughout the conference tournament, uh, or excuse me, throughout the regular season, I think they'll be the most consistent team, which is why I think they will they will get that one seed. But it's like you said, they ro- I could see the Seahawks rolling back up. Be like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I, 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 think, I mean, I'm right. I'm right where I am last year. I just changed one half, one half, one half of the coin. I mean, last year I was either St. Thomas or Ave flip a coin, and now I got uh, uh, Kaiser and St. Thomas, which almost definitely means your conference finals going to be Kaiser and Southeastern. That almost guarantees what it's going to be, but. um no, I think I think South Southeastern Southeastern is good. I think they're I mean they're I think that I think there are three teams right now where you tell me I'm not surprised at all they win the conference regular season or tournament. And I think there's a four team in the tournament. I don't think Ave is going to win the regular season. If Ave wins the regular season, that would I'd be a little surprised. Anybody besides Kaiser or St. Thomas winning the regular season, not being that one seed heading into the conference tournament, um, I'd be a little surprised by. I think I and we said it earlier. I think if you dare, dare sleep on Ave and what they've built there, that's a that's a program as well. That is a program with a good culture. Had a couple tough breaks, but you said it. They're starting to pick these wins up. They remember that he. Think they're think they they don't remember they lost to Kaiser last year, after what all happened with St. Thomas in the regular season, and we all remember that last year. You don't think there's that a chip was, on their shoulder? That game against Ave Maria here in Miami Gardens was like I think my first real taste of like what was going to come for Stone Conference volleyball, and it was 
electric. It was electric. Oh my god, that game was superb. That was superb. trying to think. That might I think that was my favorite game. That was it has to be this the only fall game from last year that I regularly think about. Like that was a great sporting event. That was just an elite. The funniest sport. thing for Regular. me. This is why this is why the game also has like a special place for me. The volleyball team here at St. Thomas actually clips the ending of the game yeah. when I got the game winner. Yeah. And if I have the, I'm the voiceover over it, and I go back to that to watch it all the time. It just looks so cool, and like the the pictures and all that stuff, like the the celebration from everybody, the crowd that was into. That's the other thing that a lot of people are. There's a lot of crowds coming out of these volleyball games. Oh, yeah. These these fans are getting into it. You're getting into it. They're getting rowdy with it. So it's it's all just all coming together. Like you said, that sleeping giant is it's gonna wake up soon, and people are not gonna be ready for it. They're not gonna be ready for it. But I I agree. I mean, like I said, I think this is the sport I would invest stock in right now in the Sun Conference. And I'll say it. I'm gonna officially put my stamp on it this year. The Sun Conference gets in that large bid. In volleyball, there's going you know to be what? large. You know what? I, I, going to I, I, yeah. yeah. Here's what I, here's what I think. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Kaiser's going to win the tournament. They get that bid, and I think what St. Thomas has done with top twenty-five competition. Now it's big, big for St. Thomas. They need teams like Hastings, who they they be. They need these teams to win as well, just mm-hmm. to, to keep that resume up. Um, and then I think they we get in that large bid. There's gonna be two teams, and I think they they there's a real comp. I think there's a real possibility at least one of them makes it to the final site. That is my goal, and that is my hope. And the reason I've, I I it's something I didn't want to say before the season. Want to see what happened a little bit in. I see it. I believe it. I see it. I've bought in. I'm right again. This is my. Second year now, really following the volleyball scene here in the conference, and it's taking a step up. I mean, it, it's really it, it has taken a step up. It's it's just fun. Like the 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 atmosphere of these games, honestly, when it comes to indoor sports, especially, it's rivaling like those basketball games. Like it really is. The like, people are coming out yeah. in droves. I I wasn't there sadly for the conference tournament. I had played had somewhere to be, but I was watching the game on the broadcast and. The crowd was into it. Like when the Bobcats won that game against the Fire in the semifinal, the crowd almost stormed the court. Like it was, it just it lets you know how the how it is just all coming together. And obviously, the winning is the biggest part of all of it, and we love to see the success. But it's just also fun to see everybody taking, like you said, they take notice in this. Like dude, these volleyball games are great, and I'm sure we've all went to our high school volleyball games too, and we see like this is. Fun. This is these, these people, people be sleeping on these volleyball games, and now oh, like you said the sleeping giant is coming, and it's just fun. It's that is the best way to, to put it. I keep saying it over and over again, it's just fun to be at these games. I look forward to when they're it's sad that the Bobcats haven't been uh they've been on a little bit of a road trip yeah. the past few weeks. So I'm every, like like every sign conference team has been, been on the road. Yeah, right? every sign conference team is out here not on, on road trips. So when they come back, I'm gonna be excited for that. I'm gonna be very excited for that game. You know, I, I was talking uh, with one of our athletic trainers uh, at Weber the other day. That is volleyball. Now, baseball, softball. Uh, now, of course, I, there, there's my two babies with broadcasting. Volleyball is my third favorite sport to broadcast. That, undoubtedly. I mean, I, I love it. It's electric. It's electric. Fire me up. <laughs> obviously, I, we haven't. My favorite is obviously going to be basketball for sure. Yeah. But volleyball is second. Volleyball is going to be for sure my second one. Because just like you said, it's it's electric. You know, 
And it's fun watching these programs like build. Like they're building. It's not not time by the time they're not really they're bringing transfer here and there, but they're building like Kaiser, uh, uh, St. Thomas, Southeastern. He's even doing it as well. Like all these programs, and then the young ones, the Warners, the the Coastal Georgias, the Auburn Marys, Like they're building, and they continue to build, it. and that's the best way. When you're seeing these programs build from not even the ground up, just build a little bit, little by little, little by little. Those are that's when people really get invested because they're like, hey, we saw how it was, you know, the year before, and now look how we're doing this year, and then they keep building, keep building. So it's just been all of it all around. It's good to watch. It's good for just especially college athletics, the NAIA, getting some eyes on us. Getting people like, hey, man, come out to these games. These games are fun. Watch them on the broadcast. They're, they're, they're exciting. And every now and then you get announced that you like to. If you, if you get a nice little Reagan Harrell sighting, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's going to be a great day now. It's going to be a great day. What? I remember last year, uh, actually, when y'all uh, came down, y'all's media team used one of my uh, calls. Uh, uh, I I a little lemon pepper hot sauce sauce at something like that. I don't know. It was that little extra hot sauce when it, when it hit uh, the ground at the South Center. But um, all right, let's run through it just one more time. Um, player of the year, who you got? I got Brooklyn Slater. Okay, freshman of the year. Well, Peyton Berkey on that one. Okay, that's where we have our first um, tail off. Ivron gets um, talked about her earlier. Set of the year. We know Hannah Heidi, libero of the year, Bianca Grassi. Bianca Grassi. Back to back, see her uh, retaining her spot. Coach of the year, I have mine. I I I think it, I think it's James Rogers. I think Kaiser's. Uh, I think Kaiser. Yeah. I think I think I think he uh, what they're what I think they're going um to do, and they they they've had a good good history. Um, obviously, um. I, I would I, I would also uh like to put uh Whitney Bato uh, up there again, but I I don't I don't maybe back to back. My question is, and this will affect because this one I want to I want to be hundred percent on it. Sure. Does the postseason affect these awards, or is it regular season and then that's it? It's a great question. I don't know because if the postseason affects it, I'll go Kaiser for sure. But I think St. Thomas wins their three peat of regular season championships. So if the if the tournament doesn't affect the awards, that's where I think Coach Winnie Batso will get the the nod, and I'll have her be my coach of the year. So that's that's my only. Uh, I guess you can say that's my little like break. If the postseason does affect the award, we're gonna, I'm gonna go Kaiser with you. If it doesn't, I've got. I think Coach Whitney will be the one to get it. I can find out um, very quickly. I believe that the postseason does because I'm looking. Yeah, I, I believe it does. It does. I don't, right, yeah. I, I, I don't know that. Don't quote me. Um, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, that's the only. That's like my deciding factor is I. I think if Coach Winnie Batsu wins three straight releasing titles, yeah, her success with top, top twenty five team, I think she'll be able to get that. But if we're going, assuming that no, the season does not. Wins, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It does not. Does I'm it? No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Yes, I've literally seen award. Uh, the they they do the conference awards before the conference tournament before. Right. So, so I'll go coach with me. I'll go coach with you. I think they, they should get another one. Should get another one. It's been one of the, one of those, one of, one of those kind of days where the brains already kind of <laughs> broad. Got to add the good old 5 a.m. alarm, 6 a.m. wait. Love those. We love those. Yeah, we love Man, those. It gets <laughs> better. Really we got college the 7.30. You wake up and you see that sun outside. You're you're scared. You're immediately no, scared. No, what what's really crazy is when you get go to the weight room and there's no sun, and then you walk out of the weight room and then there's sun, and it's like okay, and then it's three straight <laughs> classes, and then 
I need a nap. I need a nap. I'm getting old. I'm get, I've gotten to the point where I got to take a nap. That's become a necessity. That's become a necessity. Oh, man. But, yeah, um, and let's see. I believe that um, that's it. Champion of character. Um, not do, do you have anybody in mind? Maybe? I, no, I really haven't given that yeah, one. Really, I wouldn't know. Um, what the criteria really is for that one. Not, not really sure on that one. Um, but, uh Manny, happy birthday again. And enjoy it. Great as always. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you uh, again for tuning in. I know we've gone to the one episode uh, a week format. I would like to do, I'm going to, tr I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to do more, but uh, the schedule's gotten pretty full. I've talked about it a little bit with Josh also about uh, my senior year, where, where I'm, where my headspace is kind of at with that, giving it one last ride. So appreciate uh, everybody um everybody's been real positive happy with with the one episode uh a week deal i'm trying to provide as much content as possible but as always love all of you have a wonderful weekend